The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, and a psychologist. That's me, and I say... Don't watch Wrong and Wronger this week if you want to take <laughs> marital advice from me. <laughs> so I'll just, like, float that out onto the pond, James. It is the podcast where we try to answer your relationship questions in 10 minutes or less. And we did just talk about relationships for 25 minutes on Wrong and Wronger. And if you listen to that episode, you will definitely think less of both of us, but especially less <laughs> of Steve. So I'm okay if you listen to that episode just because, you know, by the doctrine of mutually assured destruction, he will end up more destroyed than I am. So I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, not one of my proudest episodes, but let's try to make up for it with a zinging answer to a listener question. Well, I think this is one you're going to know a lot about. Here's the question. I was diagnosed with OCD and Asperger's when I was in middle school. I am currently 33 years old, have a master's degree, and work at a job I love. I happily live by myself because being around people can be exhausting, but I find myself getting lonely at times. My apartment complex doesn't allow pets, but I'm wondering, would it be ethical to get a letter from my therapist, who I see about twice a year as needed, saying that I should be allowed to get an emotional support animal? I am mostly thriving, but I feel like having another heartbeat around my place would make my life just that much better. All right, take it away, Steve. Uh, well, the simple answer to that question is 100% yes. Like, uh, that's one of the things we can do for you. The unfortunate answer is that doesn't obligate your landlord to allow you to have that pet on their property. Like, they are still able to set rules. So you may have to move to an apartment that is pet-friendly. But, uh, yeah, I think that'll allow your pet to go with you. And you get, like, a tag that your pet puts on their collar. And you get a patch that you can put, like, if you have a backpack that you bring along with your pet if you travel. And uh, you get a certificate. So there are, like, official things that keep you out of that gray area where people give you the stink eye for having an emotional support uh, I'm using air quotes, dog. So yes, there's a formal process you can go through and it will allow you not just to have that heartbeat around, but to also bring your pet with you to places and on airplanes and everywhere else that they're able to go. And frankly, I think it's a good idea. Like uh, pets are low maintenance relationships to where you don't have to worry about uh, some of the things that you find frustrating or difficult to navigate in relationships with humans. If you get a dog or a cat or whatever your proclivity is, I think it's a low drain on you with a high level of return. So I encourage you to do it. I think it's great. Uh, they can also satisfy some tactile needs you may have if you have Asperger's. Uh, like uh, you can either bring them close or keep them far, depending on what you're more comfortable with. Uh, just stroking their fur, petting them can bring some comfort to you sometimes when you're self-soothing. So absolutely, I say go for it. Well, I am going to agree with you this week, and I think the letter writer's hesitance probably comes from some of the news articles that come out about emotional support animals. I think there's definitely a spectrum on this issue, and getting a dog or cat because you have OCD and Asperger's and you don't want, and you don't want to be around people but also don't want to be alone, I think that's great. I think taking an emotional support peacock on a 
crowded flight is a whole nother thing. Yeah. And also, I you know I, I really question the emotional support a peacock can provide. I don't think that peacock is ever going to love you back. Uh, I would put this in the this question though more on the cat territory. So I think this is one of the cases where it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So by all means, go and get that letter from your therapist and have it on hand. Uh, but don't ask your landlord. Just get a get a cat. So if you get a dog, your neighbors are going to hear it. That dog's going to bark. You're going to have to go outside two or three times a day to have him pee. Probably more than that. You'll have to be in a crate when you leave. It just uh, dogs are not great apartment animals in general, and your neighbors will absolutely positively know you have them. And even if nine out of ten of them are on board, it just takes one complaint. If you get a cat. They're never going to know. I mean, that cat's not going to bark in the middle of the night. It might yowl in your face for food, but you can't really hear that through apartment walls. And as long as you don't become like a crazy cat person and get 95 cats and make your house smell like cat pee, you're going to be just fine. At the same time, I think you do need to know when you go down this forgiveness rather than permission route, you do need to be prepared to move. So make sure you have a backup plan for some place you could go. If you are in a city where absolutely positively no apartments are available in your price range, then maybe don't get that cat because a cat, while it's great, is not worth becoming homeless over. So take the take the risk and the reward and balance them back and forth. Uh, but yeah, in general, I think that's a great idea. People can definitely love their pets as much as they love other people. I know there's a, people who call themselves pet parents get a lot of flack sometimes. But I think think in terms of emotional bonding, they probably have the same hormones going through their head as I do when I care for my own children. Uh, maybe more so because my own children can be pretty frustrating at times in a way that a cat probably is not so uh maybe a cat's even <laughs> superior so you've got a lot of advantages there and a cat is definitely cheaper um and i like that uh your question took an unexpected turn i like that you said i'm uh you know i can't be around people much but sometimes i get lonely how can i fill in people in my life you've kind of accepted that you've got you've got the right number of people in your life already you've got the right amount of public exposure you want and you just need something living at home that uh, you know, in a void that a potted plant won't quite fill. Although potted plants can be good too for overall mood and things like that. Uh, now, Steve, I've, I've got a question about just emotional support animals in general. When Tell when me. you as a therapist prescribe an emotional support animal, do you have to actually do di- you know, like do due gil- diligence over whether this animal can provide emotional support, or can you just be like, <clears throat> no, they need an emotional support horse. This is a thing. Go. I absolutely do, James, because I I was a traveler for so many years that I saw things on airplanes. Now, the emotional support peacock is always like the, the mascot of people that don't like this policy. <laughs> that was a one in a billion. Like, uh, let's not use the statistical anomalies. Let's use the mean. And there were, there's just so much stuff that uh, people want. And what am I trying to say? <laughs> So many of those dogs had no business being on an airplane <clears throat> that I started to really get jaded by this whole uh, program. And I think too many people are taking advantage of this. So I feel I, I consider myself like one of the gatekeepers to where now people can also fabricate these certificates online. But if somebody comes to me, I do my diligence to make sure that this is a requisite for them to get on an airplane because 
what if this was never a policy? Would they just never fly? Oh. Like, no, they would probably do what everyone did for a million years. They'd take a shot of bourbon at Applebee's <laughs> in the airport, or they would go get uh, low dose of Xanax and just sort of chill out a little bit. Like, there's other ways around it beside hoisting your big dog onto the people all around you. And <clears throat> people may be polite and say, oh, what a good-looking dog. But, man, no one wants to get put next to... And a breed of dog is almost irrelevant, but a big dog that's a little antsy around people or a dog that uh, poops on the airplane have oh. been in that situation before. Or you get two or three of these dogs on a plane, and then they start giving each other the stink eye. And I've had dog fights on planes before. Like, it is a mess. Wow. So I do put it on the mental health professionals to be that gatekeeper. And if it's somebody with a legitimate need, absolutely. Like, I'm not there to stand in your way, but I am trying to limit how much you believe other people like your dog because you love your dog a lot more than they do. Yeah, that's true of your kids, too. That's true of everything, I think, really. We all love our absolutely. own stuff uh, more than other people do. Other people don't care about us or our things or the people in our lives so much. But that's just that's just society for you. Uh, you I never thought of emotional support dogs, uh, you know, getting in a fight in a plane. I didn't realize that they yes. were that ubiquitous. It reminds me, though, uh, there was one time when I was a newspaper reporter and a uh, a canine, a police canine died. It wasn't he wasn't like killed in action. He had some sort of genetic thing that went wrong. But they had a big memorial service for him at the city hall. It's a pretty serious deal. They get really attached to those dogs. I mean, they work with them all day and they're super smart and they put themselves on the line. Uh, But the interesting thing was all the other canine units from all the different forces in the county showed up. And it was like you know 30 40 dogs and these are like the you know the german shepherds or the there's there's one from europe that's not a german shepherd but looks just like them you know the dog of war and man those first of all the panting was deafening in this room you could not hear anything (laughs) over it but second of all uh the the canine officers who were with them had to keep a really tight leash on all of those dogs because as well trained as they were each one was trained to be the absolute alpha (laughs) and so you have 40 alpha dogs in one room and it just takes one of them getting a little bit squirrely to set them all off and uh yeah that would that would not be a good situation royal (laughs) but that has one dog emerges the victor yes that has nothing to do with a emotional support animal i suppose it was just a a fun story i thought of there but i suppose to the officers i guess those dogs do probably provide emotional support so anyway letter writer there you have it we're both on the same page get an animal i recommend a cat not a dog steve is more ambivalent but says go with follow your heart if you have a question you'd like to send in for us to answer in 10 minutes or less send that in to james breakwell at explodingunicorn.com it doesn't have to be a marriage question it can be co-workers uh owner pet whatever you've got send it in this has been another episode of 10 minutes to save your marriage and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back